护士在临死之前给我留了一道符咒，千万要记住，这道符只能用来保护弱小，否则你就会。在屋子中间，掘一个大洞，给我力量，又给我暗箱，又给我力量，又给我暗箱，又给我力量，又给我暗箱。我说的是真的，我亲眼看见我大哥被一个黑乎乎的怪物杀死了。我来晚了，我来晚了。你看，那什么？啊！你怎么变得那么可怕？现在我是个鬼，是个杀人的魔鬼。你杀的都是坏人，你要杀我？我狂性一发，谁也阻止不了Into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and. These are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. Hey everyone, how you doing? Oh, it's already, it's already, it's firing up here in the old spoiler room. Thank you for coming down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and. Pop in your favorite drink with us as we continue our maniac march with a doozy of a film that I now look when I was picking maniac movies I didn't want to do maniac or the remake of maniac because that's just too obvious so I started looking for maniac films and I ran across this one and it's from it's from 1976 so it's got a little bit of uh t you know it's a little bit. Ancient, uh, <laughs> almost as ancient as I am, uh, but it, it's a Shaw production. And tonight we are going to be talking about 1976, The Oily Maniac. And with me tonight to talk about The Oily Maniac, he is back with us. He brought his bar of soap and a towel just so he could stay clean. <laughs> oh. That's not where I thought you were going. Thank you. For we're keeping we're keeping it clean. We're keeping it clean, but we're going to get dirty uh, with the oily maniac. Yes, it's none other than my right hand man and friend, Mister Ian Simmons, is here with me tonight. Hello, Ian. Don't uh, don't ever say uh, right hand man. We're going to keep it clean. <laughs> That's why I had you bring the soap, anyway, and a towel. Uh, I think he's turning green. Hold on, I got to adjust the color on the monitor. Anyway, how you doing, Ian? <laughs> It was great until about forty-five <laughs> seconds ago. So yes, I, yeah. I, I just wanted to preface this by saying yeah. I am a little. I'm not disappointed by Maniac Month because it's been great. Okay. okay, we've run the full gamut of quality and genre, <laughs> and it's been wonderful. But I was a little bit disappointed when Maniac was not on the list because. As with all of these movies we talk about on the spoiler room, it's kind of my opportunity to see a lot of things for the first time. I've never seen Maniac. What? 
I oh, know. Wow. Well, well, we'll definitely have another Maniac themed month of some kind. We'll work it in where we maybe cover the the remake and the uh, the the original like back to back weeks or something because. Uh, just if anything else to give Ian a, a reason to watch him within his uh, plethora of movies that he has to watch, because after all, you know, he is the Rotten Tomatoes critic and he's got all them Oscar movies to catch up on. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> no, why not? <laughs> I, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago yes. and, you know, between the day job and just trying mm-hmm. to keep up with my own stuff, uh, I've I've fallen off the ability to I, I was able to watch one of those movies that I wanted to catch up on in the last two and a half weeks. Belfast? Um, no, <laughs> no. Um, the beta test. Oh, the, have you, did you see that? I, the beta test? I don't think I have. No. Oh my God. Do you have Hulu? Yeah, I do. It's on Hulu. Okay. Watch the beta test. It's a film for the Oscars. No, oh, oh, but it's a it's it's a movie I wanted to watch before I finished my best of 21 list. Okay which is, should be out this Friday. And I found out it's actually not the latest I've ever put something out. The latest was last year. It came out like end of April. Oh, okay. But, uh, but no, I wanted to watch this movie and I did. I'm glad because it actually made it onto my list. Wow. Um, yeah, I will, it I will, is. Uh, throw that on the list there. Yeah. Try not to watch the trailer because. Oh, no, I don't. It, I usually don't. If I miss the trailer in the theater or whatnot, um, you know, unless it's a, a, a bigger film I'm curious about, uh, I usually don't watch the trailer, you know, seek out an older film. I'll just watch it. So if you say watch the beta test, I will watch the beta test. The only thing I'll tell you is it's sort of like American Psycho meets Fatal Attraction. Oh, OK. You caught me. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's good. It's wonderful. Good. Good. Well, now you, now you hooked me that way. I mean, yeah. So, sorry, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, the oily maniac. Yeah, we're talking the oily maniac, which <laughs> some would say was the subtitle for uh, Basic Instinct. Anyway, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I enjoyed Basic Instinct. Uh, yeah, we all did, Mark. We all, <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> anyway, uh, before we really get rolling, though, happy anniversary to Friday the Thirteenth Part Five: A New Beginning. As of today, it is its anniversary. For its release, I do believe I saw it all over my th- news feed. So it was either yesterday or today, but uh, Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. Uh, apparently. What? Oh, okay. So it's, it's an off year, though. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because that came out in 85, I think, right? So um, I, I don't know. It was just an anniversary. It's an off year, though. Yeah. yeah it's not like a, 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 like a, a 25th like a round number. Yeah. Like right. a round. Okay, I, but, I was totally confused. I'm like, I can't. No, no, it's just the anniversary. Sure. It was just released. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I know a lot of Friday the Thirteenth Part Five fans out there who may actually listen to the show. So there you go, and including Mr. Ian Simmons. So oh, you yeah. know, in honor, we're gonna do something a little different. In honor of Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, new beginning having been released on this date many moons ago, Ian gets to choose, and actually he gets to do the synopsis of Oily Maniac. Yeah, so you're just going to do the synopsis of Oily Maniac. I know we're doing something a little different this time. So. I got really excited because I thought you were going to say, in honor of New Beginning, we're not going to talk about the Oily Maniac. <laughs> I want to talk about the I want to talk about the Oily Maniac, but I also got excited about talking about Part Five. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get your hopes up too much, but and yeah, I hate you with that bait and switch. Oh, we're going to do something special. You didn't get to do the synopsis. <laughs> Uh, 
ours it, is a complicated relationship. It, it it is. If you don't want to, that's fine. I'll I'll no. be happy to. As long as you don't mind me not trying any of the character names. <laughs> no, I you know that's part of the entertainment. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> no, you don't have to try the character. Well, here's the thing. I was listening, and I, I will. I promise to talk about this movie in a second. But over the weekend, I was listening to a podcast about um, monotasking instead of multitasking. Okay. The idea of getting so invested in one thing that you're doing that you forget everything else. Mm. So I tried that with the Oily Maniac. I usually take extensive notes, mm. including character names, scene to scene stuff, and all sure, this other stuff. Sure. And I was like, no, I'm just going to sit down and watch it. And of course, I choose to do it with this 1976 <laughs> Malaysian subtitled chopsaki horror movie i'm like i don't know who the hell any of these people are um <laughs> now did you watch it on uh amazon or did you watch yes. it okay i so rented it you did rent it as well okay cool and uh, i should have just bought the damn thing because it's so wonderful um <laughs> but yeah it's kind of like a it's it's almost like a proto superhero toxic avenger story almost yeah. um and it's it's essentially there is you know it's a malaysian hong kong production uh there's this little town that's rife with corruption there's a lawyer who's got this girl that he's really i don't know if he's a lawyer he's he's definitely like a paralegal he's, he's a paralegal he's a paralegal i don't think he's full lawyer yet but he's paralegal he's doing all the busy work for ye lawyer yes for for the the head lawyer at this firm who's corrupt beyond all belief uh there is a i forget the deal the details of it but there's like this rotten business negotiation transfer of power in this business that opens the film and the uncle yes of this guy's mm -hmm. crush g gets involved in a skirmish in which he sort of accidentally not really kills someone <laughs> he machetes him right into the gut oh dar oops <laughs> well but it was like there was like this big gang fight oh yeah kind of, you know it was an attack in an office and this mm -hmm. guy was defending himself but he ended up killing someone and that sort of stopped the fight everyone's like whoa whoa, whoa wait a second <laughs> we had no murder was on the plate um so he gets sent to prison and in what i don't know how the law works over there but they've got these weird rules where it it's like, okay, he's going to die in a half hour. Like, wait a second. Didn't he just get there? <laughs> he's already on death row. Well, they did do like, you know, three months later or something. So I think, you know, they, there was, may have been a, there was a trial in there somewhere. Uh, right. But then like later on, it's like, uh, oh, family members can't testify on yeah. behalf of other family members. Like what? Yeah, it was. I know there's some situations where you can't testify against a family member, mm -hmm. like a spouse, but yeah, it's all backwards. Anyway, um, so this uncle guy is about to be put to death. The young lawyer comes in to see him and he says, listen, I've got this giant tattoo on my back of an ancient curse. and I want you to use it, but only use it for good because it's going to give the per he doesn't say you, but he says like the person who speaks right. this curse it gives them superhuman abilities or something. Mm -hmm. But if they use it for evil, then they will die horribly. Yes. And so the guy, the uncle is put to death. Um, the guys, all the lawyer kids, all the paralegals, all distraught and ex or the wannabe girlfriend is like, but I've got this other guy in my life. Um, so paralegal gets drunk and he reads the curse and he sinks into the floor and emerges as this giant, bubbly, oily, drippy monster. He, right? he had to dig his hole. 
Remember? Oh, I had to dig was, a hole. He, right, he was doing. He was beer. drunk and he wanted to do the spell, and so he had to drink, dig his own hole first. So, I yeah. forgot he's got polio. Yeah, he had he had polio, and so he's got a. Uh, he uses two crutches because his one leg is uh, does not function properly. So. Yeah, and so, but it's I don't know how uh, polio works or anything really. Um, so when he's digging that hole, he's like down in there and like using all of his body. He seemed, but whenever he's not digging a hole in the ground or covering himself in oil, he seems quite capable. <laughs> he, <laughs> or he doesn't seem quite capable no, he, when he's he, not he, doing those yeah. things. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, though there's, there's one scene where I think they forgot he had the bad leg just one uh, just, just <laughs> at least just one where he forgot he had the bad leg because he ran yay verily to a diesel pump but that'll be later go ahead keep going that's right i wonder if the oil like if there's like residual stuff in his body that gives it's kind of like venom it's this is venom it's venom dude the people who say venom <laughs> watch the oily maniac and turn him into spider-man we, we, we've got we've got a cross between venom and, and, and toxic avenger so far yeah, I, I didn't even catch that until just now. Yeah. This this movie is amazing. Um, so he comes out and he kind of looks like a black oily version of the Golgothan from Kevin Smith's yes. Dogma, the giant yes. shit monster, complete with like the yellow eyes. And he's got this giant exposed heart. And I also love that the outfit clearly it's supposed to be just like this naked slime monster. Yeah, but he's got sleeves. You can see the sleeves on the costume underneath the muck. <laughs> And he goes out and he just he exacts revenge on bad people. Mm -hmm. Lot, lots of strangulation, lots of throwing people around, some wonderful head stomping. But we'll get into the rest of this. But the high point is he stomps out corruption and evil. Um, but then he kind of has to confront what he's become at the end of the movie. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's a morality play. See, no. <laughs> It kind of it is. kind of is it you know i i based i based my pick with this one just off the description because such superhero films are so big now you know in the vigilante films and all of that and then i read this going and then i looked at the year it was from and i'm like 76 i'm like it in age by shaw productions a, a vigilante oil monster how could you go wrong <laughs> And in all honesty, you this film is fun. <laughs> it's fun, but you know, it's got it's got I, some caveats. It's got some caveats. Well, no, it's not but. the I hate the title. I don't know what else you'd call it, but it's it's one of those titles where it's a great movie, but I don't feel like I can recommend it to anyone. Like, oh, there's this great <laughs> Malaysian 1976 revenge fantasy that's sort of the prototype for modern superhero maniacs. Awesome. What's it called? The Oily, Oily Maniac. Maniac. Well, I think I think part of that is because we've just in the last, you know, number of years had the Greasy Strangler. So, you know, it, it, it's which is a fun movie, actually. That's it just sounds like something you pay extra. Wait, for. Have you not heard of Greasy Strangler? No. Oh, oh, wow. OK, I'm too I'm too busy going through the filmography of Chloe Zhao. No. Sorry, <laughs> you're too too busy watching those those long slow burn films with uh, shots of rocks and ocean, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but love, man. Nothing but love. <laughs> a friend of mine the other night he posted on Facebook. He went to a Bob Dylan concert in what looked to be a very intimate venue, and sitting four seats in front of him 
was Terrence Malick. I nearly shit myself. Really? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, yeah, did he pull out any rocks from his pockets or anything? And maybe pour some. Yeah, he said, "Here, next it. time you see Mark, throw him." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to the oily monster. Yeah, maniac. Uh, yeah, this film. You're right. I. You look at stuff, you know, and you watch it now. You and I was recognizing some bits, and some other bits seemed way too familiar. Uh, I didn't grab the vinyl off of my uh, shelf, but I do have part of the soundtrack to really the Oily Maniac. Yeah, is I, it part of a compilation of like Shaw music or something? Well, or no, what? it's it's the soundtrack to Jaws. Yes, folks, the Oily Maniac. So this gentleman, he gets this spell and he becomes the Oily Maniac and he goes on his vendetta run. And I kid you not, he it's 1976, okay? They try their best. They actually do some kind of creative things for back then with especially probably the budget they had to where he he actually gets into an oil blob occasionally and that's how he travels, like gets into places and everything. It's actually kind of cool, even though the animation is a bit cheesy. You got to realize it's 76. Yeah. But whenever the oily maniac, instead of coming up with his own theme, they use the first four bars of the Jaws theme. So they use the Jaws loop. theme. <laughs> they they use the dun, dun, just, just the first part, but just when you get to the dun dun dun, dun they cut it off and they loop it back to the dun 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 dun, and I'm just well, like, there's also a bit of Bernard Herman's Psycho in there, like kind of fused with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking up on these things. So I'm reading a book about horror movie scores right now. Oh, and nice. So I was yeah, I was really attuned to the music in this movie uh-huh. and i i forgot I, I i did end up taking some notes i cheated you did you cheated but i did make some uh some jaws reference <laughs> it does well, it. i'll forgive it because it's it's, it's the, jaws came out in 75 like yeah the year before this the year so before that just this. shows how powerful an influence john williams score was for that they're like we're gonna rip this off now <laughs> we're gonna rip it off but we're only gonna borrow this much so we can't get in trouble because they can't say for sure that we're borrowing the whole sound cue so we're just going to steal the first four <laughs> bars of the th- of the theme plus it's 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 a malaysian movie from 1976 you're like it's going to be decades before anybody in america finds out what we did <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and that's true you're absolutely right because back then i mean if you're talking about uh, a foreign film they weren't exactly widely distributed in the u.s and, and they weren't exactly on the radar there's not exactly some hollywood executive going uh oh, there's this one film called The Oily Maniac. It made a buck fifty, and they're stealing the Jaws. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be like, what? You know, they're not, not even on their radar back then. You know, so they get away with it, and it it gave it some extra charm. I mean, this film, this it also has some ex. It it has every exploitation check off the exploitation checklist. It has those elements in here. Uh but you know the oily maniac character himself is your standard. Now you look at him, vigilante. There's, it's like wow, he's going through. Even the whole great power comes great responsibility theme in a way where he says only use your power for good because if you do it for evil, you're gonna get killed something horrible. Oh my god, I just realized that character's name was Uncle Bob. <laughs> 
It was Uncle Ba. Yeah, that was wow. that was the uncle, not his uncle. It was his crush's uncle, but still who he grew up with, you know, for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, his uncle Ba, who had the spell on his back. And it was great scene, too, because in this jail seat, he goes, all right, here, you've got to protect uh, my daughter because the Yang family, who are the ones who did this deal, we find out later on, spoiler of this movie almost as old as I am. Uh, spoiler, the Yang family is actually in cahoots with uh, Mr. Hu, uh, his, the lawyer, which in all honesty, if you see our hero, uh, Shen Yuan, I believe that is, yeah, Shen's, if you see his um, lawyer, in the first 20 seconds, you go, that guy's crooked because he is totally dressed just like your stereotypical crooked lawyer guy i mean he's got you know the 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 chains and the sunglasses and he's got the the you know the snazzy suit he looks more like one of the gangsters trying to roll shen over for the coconut oil farm than he does look like there to defend shen <laughs> you know but the guy the, the the lawyer's got a pretty good racket doesn't he he's got a great racket i mean that this is the thing that I think we're selling it short to anybody who may be watching this who hasn't seen the movie, which, you know, why? But it's not all, you know, vengeance mm -hmm. and horror and superhero type stuff. And it's not even really a slow burn. It's a, it's an, it's a film for adults where you get to see these kind of schemes and you really get to feel the corruption mm -hmm. and the kind of the heartbreak and the helplessness of this paralegal as he realizes just who and what he's working for. Like there's this great scene where a, uh, like kind of a famous musician, a singer comes in to mm -hmm. see the lawyer and she's she got some breast surgery and she was horribly deformed. That part is comical because the, the OK, first of all, the lawyer is like, well, you know, I've got to see what the damage. Yeah, was this guy's help just, you out. He's just a lech. He's just right. A... So she opens up her shirt and it's like one normal looking breast and then the other one is just so like comically doused in like acid it's like what was the surgeon even doing on that table <laughs> like horribly deformed but but the racket is he's like all right uh i will i need fifty thousand or it, know, well the the like, deal the deal was with her he said well i'm sorry but the, this is an actual registered doctor even though this superstar said well she wasn't a registered doctor he's like yeah actually she was and her lawyers will have lawyers and you'll go through all of this and you may not get anything i think the most that you'll get out of it is ten thousand dollars oh yeah by my way my fee is fifty percent so right. you're only going to get $5,000, but that should still be enough to find a doctor to correct that for you. I think she came in wanting like 50, 150. Or she wanted $150,000. 150, and then he's like, you're not going to get that. The most you're going to get is 10 and yeah. I'm going to take five. five. And then, so he, she, that's the weird thing though. I wouldn't have even taken that deal. Like <laughs> I would have gone to a different lawyer. I would have found a different lawyer. You know, this guy's act they're acting like he's the only lawyer in town. And this guy, yeah, I would have just found a different lawyer personally if if she was, but this was her career. Part of her career was as she describes it, which they set it up at least. She talks about how it, her career hinges a bit on her look and marketing. She she fully acknowledges that and this kind of has ruined her life. 
Uh, I just, if I was her, I would have gone to another lawyer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how small this town maybe is. He, maybe he was the only game in town. He might have been. I don't know. Pool. Yeah. But what I loved is she, like, they strike that deal. She yeah. leaves. She's like, okay, five grand's better than nothing. Yeah. And then almost immediately, I, I feel like he opens <laughs> another side door and brings in the surgeon. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's a, the great thing about this movie is it's, you know, almost 50 years old or whatever. But they've got like the, the surgeon isn't just some like old dude. It's a woman. Like it's, she's yeah. like a professional, mm-hmm. you know, doctor working in this community. But she also she is unlicensed. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. She's not. Uh, she's not licensed because he was lying. He was mm-hmm. lying to the client. Right. And so he shakes her down for the hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second like after they usher her out because she's like. He's like, look, you make so much money. 150 grand is a drop in the bucket versus your reputation where you never work in this town again. You probably go to jail. And she's like, all right. And then he leaves. And then the secretary or the assistant, whatever, his, comes in. His partner. His partner, yeah. I guess. Right. Because yeah. the secretary is a different character. Right. Partner comes in and she's like, $150,000. Like, yeah, I got to go pay this other person five, five grand. But, you know, it's still... <laughs> You yeah. know, for 10 minutes worth of quote unquote work, not a bad day. He made $140,000 on the deal and he's 45 because he only has to give 5,000 to the one woman after he got the, yeah, it's like, wow. And it's just like later on the secretary who is, who is the, uh, who has a thing for our hero and the hero is, is somewhat clueless. He's like, no, I've always, I will always love the, and you're just like, dude, you're dumb you are so dumb dude the dinner scene oh my god he comes over she's made this giant meal of like this beautiful looking like chicken dish and he's like oh i already ate it at uh little you's house two hours late she invites him over at eight he's like okay they cut it's 10 (laughs) o'clock i believe yeah it was 10 o'clock her food, the food out is great. I'm like, dude, I want to sit down and eat that food. Such a, it's just this great dinner she set out. And dude just comes in like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, no, I already ate, you know, and she made curry. And you know what? I'll only eat her curry because her curry is the best. And this, this woman who is his coworker who really has a thing for him and who he probably has a better chance with having a long-term relationship with than his crush. She's like, oh, but I, I made curry i'm just like damn but she didn't go off on him i so wanted her to just take that curry and just throw it at the guy i'm like oh but you know what it's the more we talk about the parallels to other things the more i think he is sort of a peter parker type character he is you know he's a bit more he's a bit douchier Mm -hmm. because he's got like this gigantic chip on his shoulder for all these different reasons but you kind of understand where he's coming from right but he also has that kind of cluelessness around you know the opposite sex Mm -hmm. of like he's crushing on someone but there's this true love is crushing on him and he can't see it um but the other thing is like he's 25 years old he's not like a 16 year old in school yeah he's 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 a young guy here so he's not you know he's still he's still new to his feelings plus you know, you get the feeling this guy has had a tr- you know tough life ever since he had the polio because he still has he has the crutches and everybody keeps referring to him to his face as the cripple. And at one point, the cops, because the greasy strangler, uh, greasy strangler, the uh, <laughs> sorry, the oily maniac, 
the only Andy Mac when he turned into, he's killed a few people, bad people. Don't you, these are these are bad folks, and the cops are trying to figure it out because even though these are bad folks, you know they're cops and these are homicides. So they they think they've tracked it down to the lawyer office because one of the people killed was a member of the lawyer. It was a, a woman. Because we get this trial scene, which we haven't had a trial movie in a while, Ian. So see, there you go. I know we get this rather long trial scene of this woman who uh, has accused a gentleman of of raping her, and they give two sides of the story. We actually see this story. This is actually a fairly long segment. And then um, right, we should we should stop. We should we should just pull over for a second yeah. and just clarify: the person who was accused uh, did not rape that woman because right because when you say the gentle the gentleman who was accused of rape oh sorry <laughs> yeah no the i know where you're coming I, from it's I just said like he was if a, he turns I, out to actually yes. be the no person. no no <laughs> i said he was a gentleman because he didn't actually assault this woman he actually was yes. seduced by the woman or there's something in between we don't know the true story we just get their two perspectives again another thing in this film, while they're doing it, they show the two perspectives, but you don't know exactly what happened. You do know, though, that the uh, woman on the stand later on is talking to our crooked lawyer and he says, hey, you know, I made, you know, I made it. Look, I'm getting this much money. You get 20 percent. I get 80 of this, like hundred dollars $200,000. And she's like, ah, and he's like. Yeah, but, you know, I set this whole thing up so that you could get she's like, yeah, you're right. And our guy Shen is right there. They're totally ignoring him because he's just, you know, paralegal, you know, low on the totem pole, so to speak, the, you know, lowest rung. And so they're ignoring that he's even there. But he's just like, oh, crap, she is crooked, too. And so she ends up dying, which is what led the cops to the lawyer. Well, let's Um, talk about that that courtroom scene. Yeah. Um, because the, and this is, this is what made me grab my notebook, honestly, mm-hmm. because there's a level of artistry in the telling of these two perspectives that I was not ready for. Um, it's kind of like the, the Rashman thing where you see when she's giving her test, mm-hmm. when he gives her test, he gives his testimony first, right. the accused, and then she gets on the stand and gives her testimony. His version of the story is. They were neighbors in this apartment building, like living like right across the hall. There's like three mm-hmm. feet between their apartments. She's drunk. He's coming home. She's like falling over and he helps her into her apartment. And then there's some seduction that happens. I was paying attention to the color scheme that was going on. Oh, yeah. Because it's all pinks and mm-hmm. reds and purples. And it just it screamed sex. So from his point of view, yeah, she was falling down drunk, but she was also, you know, kind of grateful for him mm-hmm. letting her, you know, helping her in and all this other stuff. And I know that's not an excuse, but, you know, I'm going to say it was a different time and all the other stuff. But it in his mind, it was consensual and she was, you know, inviting him in for right. a fun time when she gets up on the stand. And it sucks that she was, you know, part of this whole corruption thing because her flashback the the it's all the brutal. color is sapped out of yeah. it like she's wearing a gray dress mm-hmm. it's like the color of like drab wallpaper he's shirtless even before mm-hmm. they get into her apartment he's shirtless and just wearing these like drab gray pants and they get in and like the only thing of color is like the beads and kind of mm-hmm. like the purple bedspread and it's just this violent horrific drooling attack and like oh my god and like this is in the middle of this weird oil monster superhero movie, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, I know. And that's that's what I was really digging about it is is you get all these interesting elements in here that you don't expect to to occur, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh you get this long it's a longer trial scene too, you know, and they they do some interesting things during the trial as well to where she's about to confess about how she was attacked and she's got to go into unfortunate graphic detail, or at least the lawyer sets her up to go into graphic detail in front of the um, jury because, you know, trial is all a, a bit about, you know, shock and, and, and that too. Um, they didn't necessarily need to go into detail, but they do. But they ask the entire court to leave out of respect for her and only people who had to be in the room. And I was like, that's different. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, wow. So even though she's going on trial and, and, and confessing her side of it, they still have everybody leave out of, out of respect for her, for her. And I was like, that was just interesting. You know, I mean, this whole seg, this interesting courtroom case <laughs> happens in the middle of bookend with an oily maniac guy choking out people left and right. Well, it's, it's interesting because if this were a case of like, you know, Jodie Foster and the accused, Mm -hmm. or she was very clearly the victim of, you know, rape, then you'd be like, wow, that's really cool and respectful that they dismissed everybody while they went through the unfortunate graphic detail in order to put the scumbag away. Mm -hmm. But then you realize it's all part of the attorney's performance. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to clear it out so that the people who are in here, they're going to have a certain view of it. The jury's going to have a certain view of it. I'm going to make her describe things in graphic detail. And I'm probably going to be pounding myself under the table while I'm listening to this testimony. Ugh. I'm a freak. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and the fact that she went along with it, you know, when she finds out she only got 20%, she's kind of crestfallen because you get the feeling that she really traded what little dignity, like she took a lot of herself you know, put a lot of herself mm-hmm. out there in this fake performance because she thought she was going to be well off. Right. And then it turns out I was like, no, you're you're just a lowlife who sent an innocent man up the river. And now you get like a few pennies. Yeah. And, you know, it, the real villain in here is this lawyer, Dr. Mr. Who in some ways, you know, because <clears throat> he's taking advantage of everything. He's playing all the angles. And that's what fascinated me with this character was i'm like he's a horrible character and you want something horrible happen to him but at the same time i'm like i'm digging how this guy is written because the way he's written and acted you're like this is a true this is one of those villains you love to hate because it's a great performance and at the same time it's a character you just can't wait to see something bad happen to him you know well yeah and the other and since we are talking spoilers the other cool thing that this movie does is he's not the he's the big bad but he's not the final boss no he's not no he's he not. gets it yes. you know pretty early into the third act uh in a pretty spectacular and and funny fashion uh yeah he and, his, he and is it the same is it his partner is it yeah a different no that's a, that's his partner that's the one okay. that that showed up after the doctor left and just paid right. the 150 out of a check because she has that much money um that's what i thought but he's got so many women going in and out of the office yeah I'm like, i don't know but anyway so 
they get back from this, uh, from gloating about this shady business deal and they're driving along and they just decide to pull over to the side of the road so they can fool around. Well, they go, and they go to the makeout area. You get the, opi- the, the idea because there's two other cars of young folks mm-hmm. making out until the older folks come up to make out. Right. But that's the thing is like, they literally, it's not like makeout point where it's like, uh, in the movies you see, like it's a kind of a, a field over a cliff and you know, you can see the whole city. It literally just looks like a turn in the road. And this car is parked around like anybody could come along, just rear end them. But I guess they were trying to do that in the car anyway. But um, so they're like getting it on and oily maniac shows up and he manifests is like slime Mm -hmm. um, draping down over the car. And the woman is like, what is that? And then next thing you know, he's just in the car (laughs) choking and, and, killing them and then he like deliberately after he strangles the 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 partner the woman he like bends her legs up into this obscene e there's something going on with this movie man well i I think there might be a bit of a a a cultural disconnect there but i think he did that to further disrespect possibly her her corpse or whatnot in the position she was in you know it was it was intended specifically so that they found her in that specific position dead so that they would know that there was no you know (laughs) there was no mystery of what was going on in the car when they died before the you know the 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 oily maniac uh, killed them which uh, because she does mention something about uh you know when they're driving like mm -hmm. Oh, you got to get home to your wife or something like yeah, that. Because, yeah, because yeah, because he's married. Our our lawyer, go figure. To add another level of skeeziness to him, he is married, um, you know, and he's running around on uh, his wife with at least this one person. Who knows? Maybe more. But, um, and uh, yeah. So he, he, the oily maniac wants to make absolutely sure there's no mystery of what was going on in this car. Um, well, it's. There's another, an earlier scene involving our plastic surgeon that we mentioned. Yes. Um, because I, I brought up the V because it's actually a reprise of another mm-hmm. visual. So I don't mean to be making this gesture. Um, but uh, when Oily Maniac goes to catch up with the plastic surgeon, he kind of storms down through the ceiling. She's in the middle of performing a reconstructive surgery on this young woman who I guess is a street prostitute who her pimp had brought in to essentially make it look like she was fresh again. Like, yeah, he, he made, he, he, the, they don't directly say it, but for the most part, what the conversation is, is that they wanted to make it seem like she was a virgin because he had four other women, if she did it, the surgery right that he would bring in. So this guy is either a human trafficker or a pimp. So this doctor is yeah. th- this this doctor is dealing with some serious lowlifes, and this is a lowlife, and he, he brings this woman in to get this surgery. Yeah. But when he when he crashes down on into the operating room, yeah, she's got her legs up in the air <laughs> so again. It's, yeah, it, it's a weird visual. I mean, it's almost played for comedy in that sense. Like, what's going? What I, happened? I I did. I felt horrible doing it, but I snickered because he he reconstitutes himself next to the 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 surgeon surgery table where this woman is unfortunately strapped down. And our hero, and I'm putting in quotes, 
He just lifts the tail and he just throws it aside with her on it. That's and, right. And he kills the two nurses' assistant, a uh, doctor's assistant, and then he kills the doctor. But it was just the way he just tossed the table inside. Like, dude, she, <laughs> she just, the innocence on the table. But he he didn't care about that. He just wanted to kill the the doctor and uh, her two assistants, which he did. And uh, that's when you know the detective was. <laughs> This detective, it was hilarious as well. I, I loved him. He was just like, well, yeah, yeah. The, there is no oily maniac. We caught the oily maniac. The oily maniac's loose. No, because yeah. there is no oily maniac. There is no oily maniac. He was playing it up to the end that there was no such thing as uh, uh, oily maniac. Um, uh, but here's the thing, I because there are a lot of underworld figures in this movie. Mm -hmm. The pimp who's waiting in the he's in the, the waiting lobby, room yeah. while this is yeah. all going on. He makes a break for it yeah. once he realizes that there's a massacre going on. Did did he ever get caught up with, or do you know if he was part of the the gang at the end who was like uh, fighting the oil mania? Hard to it say. Like I, kind of got he, off scot free. He might have been part of the gang. I'm not sure. It did appear that he did get off uh, a scot free with that. Um, what what's hilarious with the oily maniac too is that his oily powers don't last forever. Uh, it, they tend to run out. Uh, so there's, you know, there's one scene where uh, we mentioned earlier he needed oil. It's the first scene, I think, you know, after he, he turned, he wanted to turn to take on um, a, a bad guy. But there was no oil. There was there was no oil. But he saw diesel. But it was funny because <laughs> he missed he missed the gas station closing. He shows up three minutes not even a minute after the gas station closes so he can't get his oil so he covers himself in deal diesel becomes an oily maniac there's another scene uh later on where <laughs> uh i think it was after um uh did they kill did they kill his crush where with the hot oil where, where there was the construction guys i think it was near the his end crush killed herself that's right and that was that was a really fucked up moment. I oh actually God. had to go back and rewind that because I'm like, wait, really? Because I understand that I think the problem is that this movie is so full of underworld figures. There really are only like three people who are good people in this whole yeah. thing. And one of them dies in the first five minutes. That's Uncle Ba. Right. Um, because everybody else. At the at any given opportunity, they're pulling down their pants to sexually assault someone or rip somebody's blouse off. So I would say it's not a flattering portrayal of these these this culture, but I think it's just that it's they're just all, the underworld. You know, it's they're all villains. They're they're doing the most shocking thing because these are bad guys, and they're they're hammering home the point just how awful these people are. Even the one that his crush, the the person who he our our hero Shen, his crush, uh, her. Uh, uh, she yeah lynn lynn chung i think it is uh is his is the woman that he um is still you know he's got a, a, a feelings for she's got a man and he comes over to visit this is this scene was like i felt for the guy he comes over to visit her uh, after he saved her from one attack okay because she was attacked by the yang brothers because after uh, after her uncle dies, gets executed, the Yang brothers show back for revenge. They come in, they try to sexually assault her, but the, the, the oily maniac kills one, at least. The other one gets away, but he kills one. 
and I'm sorry, I, I don't understand the appeal of this, hmm. but the whole idea of like, okay, brother, you go first. I'll wait outside. Like that was weird to say the yeah that just even more showing just how underworld these folks are and how skeevy they are making you just want to see them get killed by the oily maniac so bad just um, even even if it was consensual i can't just, i can't yeah, put my here I'll, I'll go wait outside i'm just like oh that's more oily than the oily maniac <laughs> and also um, how thick were the walls because this guy's getting straight up murdered inside and his buddy's not maniac. here yeah yeah, he's like just outside having a smoke. Like, oh, what is there something going on in there? Weird. Yeah, it was weird. But uh, so our guy comes back after he saved her, and even though she doesn't know he's the oily maniac yet, he's like, "Hey, you know, I, I'm putting it out there now. I I love you, and let's get married." Is how he puts it to her, and she's like, "Yeah, I get someone else." And that dude shows up right after. He's like, "Hi there," and so Shen drifts away because her. Bo has come for dinner, okay? <laughs> and the yeah, amount yeah. of time it takes our guy to get down the stairs and out into the yard and debate whether or not he really wants to leave, her bow has already pulled off his shirt, skipped dinner, they close the door and go start, uh, you know, uh, getting very intimate with each other. The, our hero goes back because he's going to say, no, I'm going to fight for it. He looks through the window and see, I'm just like, this is, br- <laughs> this is, but what's even more brutal, folks, is why I'm talking like this part of my rabble is this boyfriend is also in. I mean, everybody's corrupt. He's in with the last remaining Yang brother who was looking for revenge on Shen. And so he was using this opportunity because he was also part of the he when the when the uncle died, this guy ended up taking over the coconut oil farm and he ended up selling it to the yangs for three million dollars which again the lawyer was in on and all that but that wasn't all part of the agreement the other part was the yang brothers also get a chance to go and have um not so consensual sex with shen's you know uh, woman lynn the, the the woman he cares for and this happens at the coconut oil factory I think I think her I think that's uh not Lynn, I think that's little or, UA. Or little UA, sorry, my apologies. Yeah. Little UA. Mm-hmm. Um so little UA, God, I've been I, I apologize, folks. I'm a horrible host. You, sorry. Little uh, uh so she, little UA, unfortunately, is uh cornered at the coconut oil factory, and Yang ends up getting his part of the bargain fulfilled, unfortunately. Uh, very brutally, very disturbing. It's like, wow, this is kind of campy, greasy. And then we get this, it's like, oh, if the trial scene wasn't brutal enough where you just take you out of this going, okay, this is not expected. You get this scene in there. Um, and, then, and then she <clears throat> she wakes up like mm. on this kind of like scaffolding. And then she sees the, hook. the two guys like they're well yeah, they're well, they, she sees they're the guys drinking. like celebrating yeah and she realizes that her boyfriend her would-be fiance whatever is in on it and it set her up and then she sees this like this little hook this like mini scythe like right by her head and it's a great again it's another great shot because she's staring she's like looking off camera at you know the, seeing these people but then like our attention 
we gra- we notice this weapon like at her eye level mm-hmm. just before she notices it. It's not like there's a zoom in close up of this thing. No, it's it's very subtle. And then there's a close up of it once, once she, everybody's on yeah. board, and they're like, oh, okay, she's gonna go fucking get some revenge. But cut to later, um, our hero shows up to find that she's fucking killed herself with that weapon. Yeah, she literally buried it in herself. And wow, yeah, that was that was it was like, damn. And she she sold that moment, too, because she she had a look in her eye and you're just like, no, don't. There's two ways this could go. I don't want it to go the way I think it's going to. And it goes the way you think it's going to go. I didn't even just, th- I didn't think I didn't even think suicide. I thought that she was just, you know, <laughs> we're going to get a nice revenge, like a double revenge picture, um, <laughs> that, which would have been an interesting twist. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah. So it is unfortunate to end to her character, but that sends our hero off to where he doesn't care if people know he's the oily, uh, oily maniac or not. Uh, and he goes and he looks and he finds this construction site with this bubbling hot oil barrel and he just crawls into it. Is, is that where is that where he runs past all the workers? Is yeah. that where we're at now? Yeah. Okay. He and then r- he just like jumps into this drum and starts like just splashing mm-hmm. himself in oil, and then he finally gets it like on his face and he sinks down and comes yeah. back up. It is so silly, but it's also great because by this point, people have heard Oily Maniac in the news and they're not sure if he's real or how big is he or what is he. And all of a sudden this crazy guy comes and like I think under normal circumstances, they were just like beating the crap out of him, but they see him jump in this oil drum like, oh, my God, is this it? <laughs> and then he comes out all in oil, like mega charged. And he goes after the boss who find the the Vang. Uh, he, not the boyfriend yet. He, it's just the other Yang character who survived the first attack. He goes after him who has the most henchmen I have ever seen a boss have henchmen. I mean, this guy has layer upon layer of henchmen at his hideout. In fairness, Tony Montana and Scarface had more henchmen. Okay. But this is the guy, he has the most henchmen who do not have guns. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know if they're, okay, they're, the cops have the cops guns have in guns. this movie, but all the criminals have fucking machetes, which is just great. Oh, it's great that they have actual machetes. Like, oh, Jesus, that's that's more brutal. And he's got them all around. And of course, Oily Maniac, cue the Jaws music as Oily Maniac sneaks into the compound in a wonderful way in his oil puddle. He leaks through the air conditioning vent. So he makes it past the first two levels of uh, minions and, you know, took a shortcut to the boss. And this wonderful scene that he fights. And then we get some we get some actual fighting and some martial arts in here and some wonderful work to where this guy is pretty much invincible, the 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 oily maniac. And there's some wonderful choreography in here with guys stabbing him and cutting at his arms. And he's like regenerating. He get he gets his head cut yes. off and it, and it regenerates. 
Yeah, and near the climax of the fight where he's taking out of most of the smaller minions, and now you know he's taking on the tougher guys. They they cut off his arm, and they cut to this wonderful stop motion claymation thing of regrowing his arm. Which again, seventy six folks, this was actually kind of cool to see. But the cutting of the head, I didn't expect it to grow back. <laughs> well, but one of the things this has over modern movies is there would have been, I think. I don't know how you would have pulled this off, but there would have been some kind of a comment from the guy who was inside the oily maniac, you know, oh, yeah. thing like, I just got my arm cut off and I regenerated. It's kind of like that Tony Stark <laughs> effect when he's flying yeah, around the yeah. Iron Man suit and you can see him in the in the yeah, HUD inside yeah. the helmet. But no, we are discovering his powers, like the extent of his powers at the same time he is, but there's no comment. It just is what it is. And it's it's just awesome. He, the effects aside because yeah you can see the stop motion but even within the the limitations of the types of animation mm -hmm. that they could do you get a variety it doesn't all look the same yeah. the regeneration looks different the morphing into the oil that mm -hmm. you mentioned the animation kind of looks different it there's even one scene where he disappears and reconstitutes himself it looks like he's being erased from existence yeah. and then kind of being you know drawn back in yeah he does that twice when the cops were shooting at him in the coconut factory later That's when right. he went after uh little you's uh corrupt fiance um that's when he did that uh, but at the boss fight, this this climactic battle where he fights a ton of guys and yeah gets limbs cut off and everything um you know we get to the boss guy we even get a shitty dummy it's very brief, but there's a shitty dummy because as he reaches the boss, he lifts him up in the air and he throws him down. But it's not the guy, of course. It's a dummy. And you can, they, but they do a brief cut, so you just get the idea. And the editing in some of these scenes is fairly tight, in all honesty. Well, yeah. I, I Actually, this is another note that I wrote down because I thought of you. Yeah. We get the opposite of a shitty dummy. We get a really cool dummy doing a reverse jump because the yes. early maniac jumps up to like the second floor balcony and it's awesome. <laughs> he it doesn't so good. He does jumping a few times because after he's you know he, he's done jumping a few times because uh yeah, he jumps up, he supposedly jumps up to the to the scaffolding it takes out two more guys you know it's like they do this a few times because there was a, a a blackmail scene earlier where uh a guy on the dock followed him to his house and discovered that shen was the the oily maniac but instead of turning him in like everybody else in this entire town he's corrupt and he wanted five grand and there's this scene at the dock this beautiful scene where the oily maniac comes in floating on water he takes out guys in a boat he jumps like five stories into this crane <laughs> uh <laughs> And they do that reverse angle. They do that reverse camera work trick, but it works in this film quite a bit, you know? And what's funny is by the time you get to the part where he, he after he's taking care of Yang and his gang, he goes after the, the creepy, you know, fiance. Uh, at this point, whenever you hear the bubbling or see some liquid, you're waiting for him to come out by now because they've set it up so well. You're like, where is he coming out? Because they got the coconut oil coming in, but then they've got oil spilt on the ground, and then you see gas cans. You're like, when's this gonna happen? <laughs> well, the thing I liked, it's it's almost they almost did the Teen Wolf thing. I know mm -hmm. this movie came out like eight years before Teen Wolf, but you know, at the big game at the end, it was about oh wait, are we having audio issues? I'm not sure. It might mm. be lagged. 
at uh, Facebook. Oh, okay. It could be Facebook. Sorry. Um, sorry, Robert. Hope, hopefully uh, you can hear us soon. But um, anyway, at the end of Teen Wolf, of course, the whole yeah. thing was like, he's a werewolf and he's a star basketball player. But at the end, Michael J. Fox plays as himself. He puts his powers away. <laughs> right. At the end of The Oily Maniac, um, our paralegal goes after the, the last bad guy as himself. Yeah. And he's he's getting shot at. I think he actually gets shot in the shoulder at one mm-hmm. point. And he's like, I don't like this thing that I've become, but I've got to kind of finish it. But I'm going to do it the right way. And it's just by pure accident because they're in this oil factory <laughs> and the guy shoots all holes in all these drums trying to hit his paralegal target that this oil just starts spilling out and then transforms him almost unwittingly. Well, he got the, he got the jump on our, our hero. Our hero was actually going to get shot to death by the bad guy. It looked like the bad guy was going to win because he came around the corner, shoots him in the back, then shoots him again while he's on the scaffolding. And then, yeah, he starts hitting the oil tanks and suddenly he becomes oily maniac and he's able to dispatch this guy um just as the cops show up because the co-worker actually warned the boss guy that the oily maniac was coming because she's just trying to keep her the guy she really cares for from doing something bad further she doesn't want him to kill any more people he realizes they're bad guys but she's still like no don't do this anymore you know come home i'm gonna make you curry um (laughs) You know, she doesn't want that because she cares for him. So they show up because she predicted where he was going to go. And, yeah, that's where we get the wonderful the, the disintegration thing. And then the, in you know, pops back up twice. Um, but he starts attacking cops because he's in such a fury. He's such in a rage now as the oily maniac. He's just like, I. he doesn't want to take shit from anybody. And so who ends up dispatching him but the woman that actually is one of the only good people left in town, she's forced to light him on fire. So he doesn't kill the cops, the detectives. And you get this wonderful special effect. (laughs) Well, here's the thing though, Mm. because we've seen that. I think if they, the, the one flaw Mm -hmm. I think in this movie is they should have established that fire would have either would have affected the oily maniac or would not have right because my my theory is that first of all the paralegal i i, I think if the drums had not dripped on him mm-hmm. he would have been happy to die because he was talking you know earlier about how he's ashamed of what he's done right he's killed a bunch of bad people but he's still just become this thing that kills people so he just wants it all to be over but he's got the, it's kind of like the uh, again the incredible hulk you know <laughs> it's like he's ashamed of what he is right on some level uh so when he starts attacking the cops my thought was because the fire if decapitation if you know all this other you know multiple stabbings if nothing can kill this monster it's right. like a golem right uh, then fire shouldn't be able to do it really. Mm-hmm. So my thought was because he turned around and started attacking the cops who were actually, you know, there was not evidence that they were corrupt. They were just kind of clueless and trying to figure out this mystery. I feel like because he turned uh, against the side of good, that's what allowed himself to be destroyed by this fire. And he did die horribly. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. And I mean, That's why I love older films. They don't exactly spell it out for you, but that's what I always got the impression, too, was the fact that 
regardless of whether or not fire hurt him before, it may not have. It is now because he's going to die in a horrible way because of exactly what, you know, the uncle warned of earlier. Great power comes great responsibility. And if you break that responsibility, you're going to die horribly in, in a horrible fashion. And burning to death is a, a very horrible <laughs> way to go. Um, and so, yeah, it, and he and this is wonderful, like disintegration ash effect at the end which was really great and then i love it because just like a lot of other older movies it's over (laughs) yeah there's no no epilogue no extra like seeing her walk away with the cops or whatever it's like no end credits really no end (laughs) credits really it's just like boom done um i also like that in that last shot because you see the the things yeah the the body disintegrates and then the rest of it just kind of blows away it reminded me of like the Dracula hammer movies where he Dracula would be turned to ash. And the only thing left is like the vampire oh, yeah, ring yeah. is like mm-hmm. the dust blows away. It's like, dun, dun, dun. yeah, so nice. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really nice. And uh, this is a fun movie. I'm glad I watched it. I had not heard of it before ever. Uh, and I'm glad I watched it. I could see myself even watching it again with uh, uh, our good friend, doc, because doc uh, shares a love for, Asian cinema uh, and, and, you know, Kung Fu flicks and that, and he, this is one of the, you know, uh, martial arts movies. And this is one that uh, I think he'd dig if he may have very well seen it already. I'm not sure. Uh, Hello to doc out there. Uh, Another interesting tidbit that uh, is probably only amusing to me because I'm probably one of the only people I know in my group outside of doc who have watched (laughs) a film called Dr. Lamb. Uh, it's, it is a, a crime thriller about a cab driver who goes homicidal whenever it rains. And there are some brutal, brutal kills in it. It, It's, it, it's cut up the version I have on VHS. I think Arrow or, no, it's, uh, Unearthed Films may have released it or plans on releasing it. Danny Lee, who plays Shen, our hero in this, plays the detective in Dr. Lamb. It was came out in 83 or 84, I think it is. Wow. Uh, I, I've got the VHS clamshell somewhere for the import that uh, Doc gave me. And it's a really, it's a really, it's it's one of those squ- make you squirm scenes. I mean, it gets pretty graphic as far as how he kills uh, mostly women, unfortunately. Uh, but he wigs out every time it rains is, is what triggers him. It's not like a supernatural thing where he gets like weird psychotic no, powers. Or no, he's just, he's just deranged. He just, wow. he just, he gets <clears throat> triggered by rain. Um, and, and yeah, that came out. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was off by 10 years. It came out in 92. Um, oh. I, it's a lot older. So, but he plays our hero here, plays the hero, uh, plays the detective in that one. Um, the inspector and who's got some very hilarious moments in that movie. Uh, but it's called Dr. Lamb, folks. If you haven't seen that one either, uh, check it out. And check it out, either because we haven't spoiled everything about Oily Maniac. But even if we have, you've got to experience this film because it's fun. Uh, your final thought with Oily Maniac there, Ian? Yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> it's one of those movies where I pay like three bucks or whatever to rent it. Mm-hmm. And I realized, well, shit, now I got to track down the Blu-ray. So I'm like paying $3 <laughs> on top of that to own this thing. But yeah, it's, it's totally cool. It's ahead of its time. And I think 
you know, people who are into superhero movies today or, or even horror movies, I mean, there's real value in checking it out. Yes, it's it's dated, but it's not that dated. It's dated if you're, you know, I hate to be ageist, but if you're like one of those people who can't watch anything that's, you know, more than 20 years old, you're probably going to have some problems with it. But if you grew up, you know, kind of watching, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s horror flicks, I think this will be kind of right up your alley. I do like the alternate title, which I see on IMDb, um, which was Zombie 12, The Insane Oily Freak. Yes. <laughs> the Insane Oily Freak or The Oily Maniac, however you want to call it. I call it a very enjoyable film. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, it was far better than I thought it was going to be. Yes, it does have those elements that don't sit right today, which shouldn't even, they didn't even really sit right back then. They're made to be shocking, especially for the time it came out and where this film was released. Some of those scenes are even considered more shocking uh, and prevalent in a lot of uh, the exploitation films and films like this that came from, you know, foreign cinema. So, um, it's interesting. I enjoy it. You can see a lot of precursors to things. And the fact that it came out in 76 kind of is like, wow. Um, <laughs> because I'm telling you, you could, you know, clean it up. But if it had a budget, this film would actually, you know, it'd really be impressive. But it was impressive enough for what it is. And yeah, check this out. And as I mentioned, if you don't mind some really graphic kills, uh, you could check out Dr. Lamb as well. That stars the hero in this because uh, that film is intense. It's it's disturbing. It's disturbing horror, uh, but it's actually, uh, you know, a, a good film. It's just very. Yeah, it's not mm -hmm. like a ha ha movie much. <laughs> so <laughs> let's wait it doesn't sound like it. No, but. There you have it, folks. Uh, the Oily Maniac. I just picked it because of its title. And I always love when I find a film that I pick like that and I actually end up enjoying it. It's like, wow, how is this not on my radar sooner? Um, <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, we've got one more Maniac episode coming up, folks. And it is one I'm very excited to talk about it. It's a film I've watched many times. I have the soundtrack to one, the actual soundtrack, not the stolen audio from <laughs> a different film soundtrack. Uh, 2000 Maniacs will be next week, uh, which is one that I definitely uh, will be interested on in people's opinions on. And speaking of people and their opinions, license to shill, my good friend Ian. The floor is yours, sir. Shill away. Well, thank you, Mark. <clears throat> I am Ian Simmons. I run kickseat.com. Uh, I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel. Uh, <laughs> you can find, and um, on Twitter, just look up uh, kickseat and, and you'll find me. Um, also, I want to plug something I'll be doing this weekend. We were talking a little bit earlier on the Patreon show about the Oscars. Uh, they are this weekend. If you're watching this before the Oscars air this weekend, I'm actually going to be live streaming a portion of the Oscars on uh, Sam Carrico's film fan club show, Ooh. which is going to start uh, Sunday at 8.30 PM central is when it's going to kick off. Just go to YouTube and search the film fan club show. And uh, yeah, check it so, out. Sounds exciting. Do I need to hand in my film critic card? Not that I have a film critic card uh, because I may not watch the Oscars. <laughs> I, no, I mean, that's that's the thing is if I were not. I can't say that if I weren't 
live streaming yeah. that I yeah. wouldn't watch it. But it's just such a train wreck with all of the cuts they're making and these weird decisions. I'd be on the fence between boycotting it and wanting to watch just to see what the hell, you know, what do they end up showing? It's another one of those tough choices because I want to watch it to support film on one hand because I want to support, you know, the films that have been nominated. They've been nominated for a reason. I'm curious to see who's actually going to win. Uh, a lot of people want to see Coda, uh, but there are a lot of people throwing in that they figure Power of the Dog is making a strong campaign. Um, so we'll see what happens. So I, that that has me curious on it, but it's like all the other stuff I'm not really care about. So I'll probably just check live updates on the website or whatnot, because that's what I care about is, is who really wins, not so much the extra show that they end up coming up with trying to make it entertaining, because especially in many years, you know, it, it, it falls flat. <laughs> it just, it just is like, uh, what's the thing is I don't even feel like they're trying to make it entertaining anymore. Yeah. Like not in the way that it was, I hate to say it, you know, sound like the old man, but 30 years ago, mm-hmm. back when they were really trying to put on a show. Now yeah. it just really just seemed like self-congratulatory dinner theater. <laughs> and I do agree. Last year's was so boring uh as well it was uh so i don't know there you have it folks oscars of course we're film folks so we got to talk about it but uh please uh, check out our patreon we got a lot of stuff there and i have something else to plug i want to plug the sawdust city fright fest has submissions open now until june 1st if you are an indie film horror filmmaker specifically horror folks we're looking for if you're an indie horror filmmaker and looking to submit check out on film freeway just search for sawdust city fright fest and you can submit your film there's a reasonable rate to submission and uh yeah it goes till june 1st and i highly recommend you submit we've got a few submissions already uh you know wisconsin horror represent and midwest horror are really encouraged to apply uh, so yeah, Sawdust City Fright Fest on Film Freeway. Search for it, submit, and hopefully uh, we can pick your film to be in the festival in October, which is going to be the second week in October. So there you have it. Here does enough about us rambling. Thank you so much, folks. Stay crazy because we still <laughs> got one more week of Maniac March. So until then, we'll just say a uh, good night, everyone. Good night. You have been listening to a Special Mark Productions production. If you're looking for even more Spoiler Room content, head on over to our Patreon.com slash Special Mark Productions site, where you can join one of our reasonably priced tiers and get access to even more exclusive content. Speaking of getting access, head on over to SpecialMarkProductions.com and click our new merchandise store link, which will take you to our store where you can get some of that sweet, sweet Spoiler Room merchandise and wear the logo of your favorite podcast. There's also Final Cut and Special Mark Productions merchandise as well. All kinds of things for all kinds of tastes. We thank you once again, and remember, in the spoiler room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.